Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, come on, come on. How are we doing out there? Our 11 a.m. service. Good morning. I heard this is the rowdy service. Did I hear that right? Say, you say it with me. Say, I'm the rowdy service. That's right, man. Well, I found like anything in life, you get out of it what you put into it. And uh, I'm ready to preach. And so I encourage you to lean in with me today um, because we serve a God that is ready to transform our lives. And uh, man, I can tell you, if God can do this with my life, imagine what he can do with yours. Uh, God used a donkey. I'm living proof. Bible jokes, Bible jokes. Well, before I, you know, defame myself anymore, I'll introduce myself. Uh, I'm Pastor Clyde, and uh, me and my wife, we are the operations pastors here at My City Church. And uh, today, I get the honor and the privilege to share from God's Word, and I pray that it speaks to you today. Um, It's been a word that's been challenging to me, encouraging to me, and uh, I'm thankful that we are a church that doesn't just want to preach to your Sunday, but is a, a message that'll touch your Monday and your Tuesday, because we know that God's word does apply to our life. It's not a message of old, but it's a message for today. And uh, I'm pumped because as we dive into this sermon series of You Asked For It, this series is gonna be really designed around asking some really, what I believe are some pivotal and powerful questions that every single one of us are wrestling with and questions that we're faced with. Questions that, to be quite honest, I think impact our everyday life. And so today we're gonna be diving into this question and this topic of how do I navigate a stress-filled life? This question of stress. Now notice that the title isn't how to get rid of all your stress. The, the, the title isn't like how to solve all of the problems that you have. No, today we're gonna be diving into how do we navigate a life that's filled with stress. Let's pray today. Dearly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, that your presence is here. God, above anything else, Lord, that we just ask, God, that you'd come and speak to us. Lord, I pray that as this word goes forth, God, that you'd preach a thousand messages to people in this room. And Lord, I pray, Lord, with open hearts and open hands, God, we'd be ready to receive, ready to be changed and transformed for your goodness and for your glory. God, that I pray for anybody that walked in feeling weary or heavy burdened today. God, that I pray, Lord, that they would leave feeling a little bit lighter. And Lord, we love you. We thank you. And all God's people said, and all God's people said, Amen. Put your hands together if you love Jesus this morning. Come on. I'm clapping because I love Jesus too. You're like, yeah. He's clapping. Let's go. Man, I'm I'm honestly really excited to dive into this topic of stress um, because how many of you know, you're like, I live with stress pretty regularly. Anybody else? You're like, yeah, stress. It's real. It's a real deal. It's not very fun. And, uh, you know, I, I found as I started doing some research, I was like, what are the causes of stress? Like, for, for people that, like, we're consistently stressed out people, especially as Americans, like, everything's stressful. We're like, I gotta go to work. I'm gonna be on time. And I gotta go take care of my family and go to all the sports things. And then I gotta serve a charge. There's all these things that we feel inundated by stress. And so I was like, man, what are the things that actually cause stress? And uh, so I, I Google, what are the top causes of stress? I'm gonna put up the top seven. I hope they don't stress you out. As I read them, I was like, oh, oh. My shoulders are getting tighter. My stomach's in knots. And I'm like, what am I going to do? These are the leading causes of stress. Number one is money. 
money stress. Man, thank God we just got done going through our Gold Digger series. It was a powerful series talking about finances, talking about money, talking from chasing paper to chasing purpose. So if you haven't checked out that series, go online, listen to the podcast, Um, because money, it's a real stressor for a lot of people. Do you know it's the leading cause to divorce is discussions and fights around money. So money is a leading cause of stress. Not only that, but work is stressful. How, how many know work can be stressful? There's people, you're like, I'm stressed out because of the job I have. There's people like, I'm still stressed about the job I just left. I'm stressed out about my coworkers and my boss. There's people that are stressed because you're like, I'm still looking for a job. I'm stressed because I'm sick and I can't work. There, there's all of these stresses attached to that. Not only that, I found one of the big stress points is uh, personal relationships. It's for marriages. Uh, if, that's, if, you, if your spouse is your stressor, don't raise your hand. Um, that's not healthy. It's not good for your health. Um, my wife is not my stressor at all. Um, so it's usually people that are like engaged or people that are dating. Those are people that get stressed out about personal relationships or people that are single. You're like, I'm stressed because I'm still looking for the one. Uh, how many single people I got out there? Give me a little, yeah. All right, now go and look around a little bit. And you're like, okay. Some hands lingering up real long. You're like, I'm single. I'm not desperate. I'm single. I am single. That's okay. This is the place to find church. That's where I, that's where I met my wife. It's in church. It's a great place to find, find a relationship. Uh, come on. Yeah, rowdy, rowdy bunch. Love it. A rowdy 11 a.m. Uh, personal relationship. We have parenting. All our parents out there say yes and amen. I, get, I got a two-year-old. Stressful. It's like night-night time, and I'm like, it's 830 And then it's 9.30 and 10.30. Last night, our son was still partying in his room, turning on the lights at 11 a.m. I'm like, boy, or 11 p.m. I'm like, boy, I'm preaching tomorrow. Have you not heard from God? I need to rest. Parenting, stressful. Daily life, driving to work, forgetting our keys, stuck in traffic, the random thing that our friend said to us that kind of hurt a little deeper than we even thought, but it's just daily life. Health. There's people in this room, you're stressed about the health, health of a loved one, your personal health. There's people here that are sick, you're still waiting on a miracle. Man, there's people that lost a loved one. There's people that are stressed about the mom or the dad that they had to bury. There's people that are still carrying stress from a miscarriage, the loss of a best friend that left this world a little too soon. And so what I found is in the midst of looking at these top causes of stress, I found that stress, quite honestly, is a really real topic. It's a really real topic. Uh, Not only that, I started doing some digging into some of the stats, and I found that three out of four Americans show physical signs of stress. So that's like people when you get like those knots in your shoulders, it's from stress. People literally like three-fourths out of of Americans say, I have problems sleeping nights of the week because of the stress that I have in my life. I've got a pit in my stomach. I've got literally ulcers because of the stress. And now, not everybody in the room might be that extreme, but I found that every single one of us, we have stress in our life. 80% of people that work say they experience stress at their job on a weekly basis. 80%, 80% of workers. I think what broke my heart even more is recognizing that stress leads to mental health. And as I started doing some digging, I found that in 2020, suicide was the 10th leading cause of death in America. The 10th. If you ask me, that's far too many. And I think it's because sometimes we look at stress and we just go like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a concern. I can manage it. We learn to live with it. But I'm thankful that we have a book in the Bible that helps point to how we navigate stress in our lives. 
Not only that, I wanna read one more statistic for you for any parents out there. This one, honestly, for me, was quite alarming. And it's that stress is the number one health concern of high school students. The number one health concern. I was like, it's not drugs, it's not sex, it's not rock and roll, it's none of those things. It's our mental health. And so today, I, I'm honestly, I, I'm, I'm really pumped to be able to dive into this topic because I think it's gonna speak to, the, to every single one of us, whether we're walking in stress or whether we feel like we just got out of stress. Like stress is a real thing. And if you're new to this Christian walk, can I tell you, Jesus never promised a stress-free life. He never promised that everything was gonna be easy or good or okay. Quite the contrary, Jesus actually said that we will encounter stress in our life and troubles in our life. He says that in John 16, 33. He says these various words. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. But then he goes on, he says, but in this world, you will have trouble. And I think it's so interesting that Jesus paints this dichotomy where he says, no, 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 I've given you this so you can have peace. And everybody goes like, oh, peace, it's great. I love peace. He says, but no, 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 but you will have trouble. And I think that there's this, literally this dichotomy that we're trying to live in where we go, man, I, I know I want peace. I know I want there to be something inside of me that even in the midst of the storm, I go like, I can take a deep breath and it's gonna be okay. Like we all want that peace. But Jesus says that we will have trouble. And today, my prayer is that as we dive into God's word, that we would be able to walk away and live out the way he wraps up this scripture. And he says, but take heart, take heart, my city church, take heart for Jesus has overcome the world. And so today, like I said, we're gonna be diving into a passage of scripture. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Philippians chapter four. We're really not gonna be going anywhere else, so Philippians is where we're gonna be living. And uh, Philippians is a powerful book about, uh, it's a, a guy named Paul who's writing to the Philippian church, and he's giving them the answer to this very question, how do we navigate a life filled with stress? How do we navigate the stresses and strains of life? And I love Paul because he's so blunt when he talks sometimes. When, when he goes to write to the church, he's like, hey, hey, you're looking for an answer. I have one for you. And it's powerful and it's uh, kind of encouraging. But he starts out in Philippians chapter four, verse six, and he says this. He says, church, don't be anxious about anything. I read that and I go, well, thanks, Paul. It's brilliant. I'm not anxious anymore. Um, and so I hope that word encouraged you. Uh, worship team, we're going to wrap up. Just kidding. Just kidding. But I think it's so interesting that Paul starts and he says this to the church. He says, don't be anxious about anything. And because really, I think Paul is presenting us this question of how will we respond to the troubles of this world and life? Jesus promised that we will have trouble. The question is, how will we respond? And what I found is so often when the pressures of life come, when the pressures of marriage, of money, of friendships, of lost loved ones, all of these things come against us, I found that so often or not, we as people have one of two responses. It's this response of fight or flight. So often the pressures of life come. Can I tell you, I'm in the fight category. Like when the pressure's on, I'm like, I kind of like it, if I'm being honest. Like, sometimes I'm like, can somebody start a fire? We'll make this interesting a little bit. Like, it's unhealthy. I'm not a pyro, it's figurative. It's a figurative statement. Uh, but I'm like, I'm the fight guy. So I'm like, the pressure's on. But guys, can I tell you that when the pressure stays on, 
You can't live at 8,000 RPMs. It's unhealthy. And so you find yourself, you, those that you're, your fight mentality, you're like, I'm gonna work harder. I'm stressed at work, so I'm gonna put in more hours. I just need to dig deeper. And we just need to work a little harder this week and we'll finally get caught up. And then that week goes by and you're like, but now I'm really exhausted and my work performance is getting worse, but I just need to work a little bit harder. Anybody ever gotten, I literally feel like, anybody here heard cats? Okay, good, that's weird if you do. Um, that's what this looks like. You're literally running from thing to thing of trying to manage all of the stress of life. He says, don't be anxious. How will we respond to stress? Or will we respond on the other side of the equation where we flight? We just wanna run away. Sometimes this is me. Sometimes the pressures of life come and I go, now, I, don't, I don't know if I wanna keep doing that. There's people here, your marriage is on the rocks and you're like, Man, I don't even know if I want to keep fighting for it to be better. Like, I want it to be better, but I don't know if I want to keep fighting for it. There's people, your finances, you look at it and you're like, there's a mountain of debt. I just don't even know where to, I, should I even try? I declare bankruptcy when I die or whatever. It'll go away. I'll just give up. And we can have this response to the stressors of life, of fight or flight. And I think that so often we wanna go into these extremes of fighting or running away from it. And really where we operate best isn't to overly fight or overly flight, but it's to do exactly what Paul's saying here. He says, don't be anxious about anything. What is he saying? He's saying worry about nothing. Worry about nothing. Now this isn't a hippie mentality. This isn't like, oh, just don't care about anything. No, Jesus actually gave us really, uh, I think, an, another layer of, of ways to grab a hold of this. In Matthew chapter six, he says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Anybody else attest to that? You're like, tomorrow's got plenty of worries. It barely handled today. He says, but each day has enough trouble of its own. And so even Jesus helps us recognize that when we face the pressures of life that are real, the tension of everything in between, the question is, and the response for us as believers and what Paul is pointing to is saying, don't be anxious, don't worry about anything. But how do we do that? How do we actually begin to embrace that lifestyle of saying, hey, I'm not gonna overwork, I'm not gonna overrun. How do I actually not be anxious? How do I not worry? Well, Paul continues on if we just keep reading the scripture. Sometimes that's what we just gotta keep doing in our life story, just keep reading. He says this in Philippians chapter four, verse six. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. He says, but to pray, about everything, to pray about everything. And if I'm being honest, this is really difficult. Like how many, you know, when life hits the fan, our natural response is normally not, oh yeah, let me just go get away and pray. We already talked about the two responses. So often when the tensions of life come, we go, oh, my money's in disarray. Maybe I should do a budget. Well, a budget's too stressful. So I'll just spend less on energy drinks and hope it gets better. So I'm confessing my sins to one another. <laughs> I'm healed, thank you. <laughs> but pray about everything, it can be so difficult. When we, when we have that coworker that got the promotion and the pay raise that we thought we deserved, and we go, ah, oh, let me go run my mouth to somebody. Did you hear Sammy got that pay raise? She did, I've been here longer than her. 
I work harder than her. My work products, you know, I, I bet she's sleeping with the boss. Yikes. But how often do we respond in these ways that when stress of life comes, but really what Paul is saying is, no, 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 quiet your soul, get away and pray and present your request before God, saying, God, I feel this is real for us, right? We're, we're kind of looking at potentially buying a house. I'm like, God, help us see what we're supposed to be doing. Like, should we buy a house? Should we move? Should we not? God, give us clarity. Like, help us see what we should be doing. This week, we put an offer on a house. Me and my wife, we're like talking about it and talking about it. We're like, we're pumped. This is our dream house. This will be really great. We'll be able to host people. This is for ministry and da-da-da-da-da. And it sounds really great. And we're literally closing in. Offers are about to get accepted. Or not our offer, but offers are being reviewed. And me and Rachel are talking. She's like, I just don't feel peace. I was like, yeah, we should pray about this. <laughs> Let's be real though. And then we prayed and we're like, yeah, we felt good about it, but we don't. Like we don't have that peace that comes from prayer because that's the power of prayer. That's the power of prayer in our lives that when we begin to pray, we begin to find this peace that transcends all understanding. And it's the reality is we know we can pray for these things because in First Peter it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares. I think so often we don't pray about things because we think it doesn't matter to God or that he doesn't care about it. The Bible says the opposite. God cares. There is no thing in your life that is too small for God. The Bible says that he cares for the sparrows of the air and the flowers of the field. How much more does he care about you? And friends, there's nothing too small. And on the other side of that, can I tell you, there's nothing too big. There's no health report or cancer that's too big for him. There's no marriage problem that's too big for him to show up and move in. There's no financial problem or deficit that he can't show up in. And so our response to this is to pray about everything, that we begin to find this peace that rests inside of us. But how many of you know peace can feel fleeting? That when we feel peace, we go, ah. Oh. And then we begin to leave that moment and all the noise of life comes back. The noise of, you're not good enough. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never get that promotion. You'll never get a car that actually works well enough. You'll never get ahead of your neighbors. You'll never, and we hear all of the noise. And so I don't wanna be problem-oriented. I wanna be solution-oriented. Because Paul knew that praying about everything, the only way that we keep hold of that peace is by what he says in Philippians 4, verse 8. He says, says something super powerful here. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Man, I love this scripture verse because I think it's so powerful that when we begin to wrap our heads around what Paul's saying, he's literally saying, think about the right things. Think about the right things. Don't think about the wrong things. Think about the right things. That when you begin to grab a hold of peace and it begins to grab a hold of you, I, my, I can't help but think about the goodness of God. I can't help but to change my thinking and go, man, what is good in my life? Man, my, I, I might be fighting in my marriage. Man, thank God I have a beautiful wife. Man, thank God I have the things that you've released to me. God, thank you. God, that I'm gonna think about the right things. Because what's so powerful about this is that our thinking informs and affects our worlds. Like there's this new age thinking where people are like, oh, if you think it into existence, it'll happen. You know, like vision boards and I'm not knocking that. That's super great. The reason why I'm not knocking it is because everybody thinks it's this like new age theology 
Can I tell you, it's actually old school theology. Proverbs 23, seven says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If I could listen in to the things of your heart, what would, what would God hear? What are the things that rest on us? Is it the negativity? Is it thinking about the wrong things? Is it thinking about never having enough? Or is it the things that God actually wants to echo inside your heart? I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I have more than enough. Uh, he's provided for me time and time again. I'm not worried about X, Y, and Z in my life because God has been good. And if he's been good before and he's good right now, he's gonna be good tomorrow because the God we serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's about changing our thinking to thinking about the right things. So this is a powerful, really what I think is a journey, a roadmap to navigating stress in our life because the ways of the world will come. The stressors of life, the problems that we face, these things are guaranteed, like Jesus said. But how will we respond? Will we be anxious? He says, no, don't be anxious. But in everything, pray. Thinking about the right things, because he knows that if we begin to think about the right things, it'll lead to this very next passage, where he says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content. Say content. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Can I tell you that right thinking leads to being content with my things? That so often we get stressed and wrapped up in the things that happen, and then we start to degrade and devalue the very things that God's blessed us with and given us. Think about the power of right thinking. Think about the power of being content. That when life happens, I get a flat tire, and my response isn't, oh, I got a flat tire again. Oh, God, do you even love me? Do you even care for me? No, my, my thought process goes from, God, thank you for giving me a car in the first place. And God, I know you're gonna take care of it. I ain't worried about it. Then when we go to work and we have a boss that like continues to grind our gears, no matter how hard we try, we're like, ah, oh, I just can't get it. No, God, thank you for giving me a job. Not only do I have a job to make money, but God, you gave me a person to love, to serve, to make a difference in. God, thank you for allowing me to be a light in darkness. I have all this debt because of decisions I've made in the past or the seasons of life that have come against me. That the narrative in my mind isn't, oh, it's the world and I'm just unlucky and all the things that are wrong. No, God, thank you for the testimony that's gonna be on the other side of my faithfulness. I'm not here to talk about giving or anything like that, but I wanna tell you that there's something powerful that when we begin to take the things in our lives that we feel like are seemingly coming against us, and the pressure continues to press on us, then when we begin to enact these things into our lives, we begin to see the powerful process of living a life filled with stress, but seeing God in the midst of every portion of it. What I think is so powerful, church, is that we talk about being content with our things. And I think Paul was able to read this 
because of what he says in Philippians chapter four. And I think if we get a hold of this, I think it might just get a hold of us. Where in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, he says this. He says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. How many of you are thankful that we serve a God that is good, that's right, that's just, that is there for me in every single time of need? That if you ever had a bill that you weren't sure how it was gonna get paid and God still showed up, that's the God we serve. I don't know about you, but I've been blessed upon blessed upon blessed. And it's not because of what's in my bank account. It's because who my God is, because he is able to meet every need, every need, according to the work of Christ Jesus. You can stand, you can stand to your feet. We're getting ready to close. And church, if I'm being honest, I think this is a beautiful depiction of ways that we can navigate stress in our everyday life. It's real. It's much harder to do it than just to say it. And I found myself this week diving into this scripture, diving into God's word. And I was like, God, how, how could Paul write this to the church? Like just so beautifully, just this is how you navigate it. And God said, look at where he was at. For anybody who doesn't know, Paul is writing the book of Philippians while he's sitting in a prison cell, suffering for Christ. And he's penning this to the local church going, hey, don't be anxious about anything. Hey, in everything prayer, in everything, God will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. Hey, while you're doing that, hey, grab a hold of it. Think about the right things. Whatever's good, whatever's right, whatever's just. You ever, I don't know how many people have been in prison. I haven't, thank God. Um, and if you have, thank God that you're here today. Um, I've never been, in, yeah, amen to that. I've never been in prison, but I can't imagine sitting in a prison cell and thinking about the right things. But this is what Paul's writing to him. He's going, hey, I've wanted, I've, I've lost it. I've, I've had a full belly, I've had an empty belly, but guess what? In the midst of it all, I still have all this. And I said, God, how, how could he have this? How could he have the ability to write this to the church? He said, and, and God gave me this powerful word. He says, Clyde, you find peace in his presence. Find peace in the presence of God. We already read this scripture, but in Philippians 4, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you that I recognize there's people that walked in today. And the moment I started talking about stress, you went, this is all too real. You're talking about physical pain of stress. Yeah, I got it. 80% of workers feel stress as they go into work. Yep, that's me. I think there's somebody or people in here that you struggle with suicidal thoughts regularly because of the stress that you feel in your life. That these statistics aren't just numbers on a screen that are void from us. This is real. I've walked through one of the most stressful seasons of my entire life. Who knew 2021 was gonna be what it was? I said the same thing about 2020. What I found in the midst of all of this is my prayers that today, yes, I wanna give you practical handles on how to navigate stress and how to walk out this journey. But more than anything, what we need is the presence of God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And so no matter what you walked in with today, today we, we're cutting our service short. Literally, I'm preaching five minutes less, which is a miracle in and of itself. Uh, <laughs> 
for anybody who's heard me preach. Uh, like, stop it, we're not Baptist. Uh, that's inappropriate. I love Baptist churches. God bless you. Lord, forgive me. Um, but can I tell you, there's no substitute for the presence of God that we can try to do all of these things in our own strength. We can try to not be anxious and respond properly. We can pray and, and just say, God, take this away from me or help me navigate this. That we can think about the right things and we can be content with all of these things. But there is no substitute for actually stepping into the presence of God and responding to the person of Jesus and saying, God, no matter what I'm walking in with today, God, I know you see it. God, I know you care about it. And today I wanna experience your peace. And so today we made this service short so that as a church, we can literally respond to the presence of God, that we could be filled with his peace and with his presence. Because what I found is so often God is wanting to give us a peace. He's not wanting to give us a perfect life. He's not helping us try to achieve perfection, but he wants us to be in his presence, to find peace in him no matter what we're walking through. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That God's word says that his yoke is easy, his burden is life says, cast your cares upon me. And so right now, if that's you, if you're feeling a sense of stress in your life that just continues to be there, stress that you've learned to live with, if we're being honest, that's me. I've just learned to live with, that's just part of life. But today, you know, you need a new breath. You need a fresh touch from heaven. You need a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit inside your lungs. I just wanna create space and tell you right now, the band's gonna start playing and we're gonna start singing, but I want you to respond and come down to the front of the stage and just enter into the presence of God. Just enter in the presence of God and begin to look towards his peace. So if that's you, like I said, right now, I want you to come down. And if I'm being really honest, I'm coming down to the altar because I need a peace and a presence of God because we all have stress. Yeah, come on down. Yeah, come on down. We all have stress. We all have the tensions of life. We have all of these things inside of us. And what we need more than anything isn't a five-step self-help book. What we need is the presence of God to show up in our world and to show up in our life and saying, God, even though I feel like I'm walking through it, even though this season might feel dark, even though this season might feel like I'm not enough, God, even though I feel like I can never get out of this pit, God, I know that you want to be with me. Your word says that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And so, God, we just lean into your presence today. God, we ask for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. God, that I pray that right now, God, that we be able to release the stress, the strain, the anxiety, the fear, the depression at your feet in your presence, God. Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.